0: Hello, everyone. Here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of our e-commerce podcast. And uh, today I'm uh, talking to Sadie, who is the VP of Online Sales and uh, Marketing at uh, CKK Home Decor Company. They are in uh, the US. And home decor, I think it's a very interesting niche because uh, there are some unique characteristics. I also think that uh, retention marketing, email marketing it's really crucial for these niches as well. Um, Not many niches, you know, I I think they uh, focus that much on on that than than other niches. So, hey, uh, Sadie, how are you today? Good to have you here.
1: I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So she told me before this recording that uh, she joined the company back in 2017, five years ago. And uh, I'm wondering... When did I mean? Why did you join the company? What was the initial reason when you joined them? The
1: well, so I actually um, I did not start in the online sales marketing world. Um, I had originally worked in the film industry for thirteen years mm. doing costumes, and because of the long hours, the stress, I just wanted to make a career change. And I had actually started learning. Uh, FBA on Amazon, um, but I wasn't ready to invest and start my own company there. And I actually started talking to my now boss, um, where he had said they they had put their stuff online, but they weren't getting very good sales. And since I was learning, I was like, "Well, can I, you know, give me a shot? Let me look at your listings, and I can give you some, uh, you know, some pointers, uh, things you can do to optimize them." And then after I did that, he liked what I said. So they brought me on as contracts. I started out just optimizing their top sellers on Amazon. Then we started running some PPC campaigns. Sales obviously went up from that. So then they brought me on full-time as the VP of online sales and marketing.
0: Okay, that's amazing. So just like many, so many online marketers, you, you didn't learn it at the university, right? But you did something else
1: yeah I've been, been learning it all as I go so and yeah. I'm, I'm a very hands-on learner too so it's like I can read about it all day but I really need to get in there and you know just try yeah. it out
0: yeah so you you did a successful uh enter enter into this company and they hired you full-time and now you've been there for five years which is amazing so Tell us more about the company, like when, uh, who who is the owner, who is the founder and uh, when did they start this company? What are the, what are the roots of this company?
1: So the company started, I'm pretty sure it was 2002 um, by John Abel. So he actually started out um, really just working with like photo frames um, and had a factory in China that he worked with. He ended up getting investors in Hong Kong who actually own that frame factory. Um, so then they partnered together. Uh, so CKK actually owns the factory in for frames. And then we work with various other factories for other home decor accessories. Um, but yeah, it started with frames and then just you know branched out from there. Um, mm-hmm. They did uh you know they did a lot of di ordering and things like that for walmart and other big box stores here in the united states and then um about and i don't know exactly what year they started online i know it was a couple of years before i started with the company um so yeah now we do both in-store and online sales for home decor accessories mm-hmm.
0: So first they started off with uh, only frames that they manufactured and brick and mortar, so not online. Mm-hmm. And later on they uh, they expanded and now they sell products manufactured by others and also they they became an online store. Do you know if uh, nowadays the online store generate more revenue or the, the offline branch?
1: Um, I think that they're pretty close actually for both mm. of them um especially with the the di business and things mm. that we have for the actual in-store sales um yeah i don't i would love to say online does way better cuz that's my <laughs> part but <laughs> yeah but i do think that they're fairly equal in sales. yeah yeah
0: i just wanted to see that uh you know if uh one of one of them is much more relevant for this business than the other, but it looks like, and it's not the case. So it's close to fifty-fifty.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say both sides. Actually, you know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, when the pandemic hit. Of course, in-store sales went down, so online took yeah. over, and then since then, online has not grown as much as it was before. So the in-store sales kind of helped boost up the company. Okay. They really work together.
0: Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's great for the business because then uh, you have multiple legs. And in the past few weeks, I interviewed a few businesses like, like this, that they have multiple legs. Uh, they have brick and mortar stores. Maybe they even have a showroom. Uh, I interviewed one company, one brand, uh, a leather brand from the US and uh, the, the customers, they can see how the product is made. Um, in a showroom in a brick and mortar so I think that's that's great but you also have the online store and uh, are you on Amazon as well yes okay and um, so I'm just curious how how is it set up like uh, like you have separate uh, managers for each for Amazon for offline for for Shopify or uh, or how is it you know set up in your team
1: So I actually manage all of the online. Um, Mm -hmm. So we sell, we have our own Shopify, but that's fairly new. Um, Originally, our website was only for wholesale customers that sell in like boutique stores and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So we really just opened up B2C sales uh, two years ago. And But as far as online, we have Amazon, Walmart, Target, Home Depot, Kirkland's. So I, I manage all of those accounts. Mm-hmm. We do have reps that help out with a couple of them. Um, but as far as the bigger ones, Amazon, Walmart. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I deal with a, a lot of that. <laughs> and, yeah.
0: And, and back then when you joined, uh, you mentioned Amazon, but did you also build out Walmart or it was already there before you were?
1: So they already had it set up. Uh, But I did, once I came on, I mean, once I learned Amazon, it was pretty easy to learn, you know, the algorithms and everything Mm -hmm. from other online retailers. Uh, So after Amazon, I went and, you know, started optimizing our Walmart listings as well. Mm -hmm. We're now running marketing on Walmart uh, through Walmart Connect. Um, and same with, you know, any of the others, I just got the style guides. I looked through them and, you know, added in the keywords we needed and just make, made our listings a little bit more robust. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Reason why I asked so many questions about the setup, because it's so different than just a plain Shopify store. And, uh, many, I know many of our listeners, they just have a Shopify e-commerce store, but you have a way. Different and more complex setup, so I think it's good to clarify that. Um, let's say if someone has a Shopify store and they want to branch out, they want to have an Amazon store, maybe get into Walmart. Then, what would you tell them? Where should they start? How these are different? What are the pros and cons of each? We can go one by one.
1: Okay. Um, we can start so- with
0: Shopify, by the way. So
1: I'm sorry. Say that again.
0: We can start with we can start with Shopify first.
1: Um, I mean with Shopify, I don't, like I said, ours is fairly new and it's not Mm -hmm. because we are so established on the other channels. It's not something that I've put a lot of time into, Mm -hmm. um, as of yet. So, uh, actually I'll go on to, so Amazon FBA I think is a really great channel for people Mm -hmm. to to sell their products. Um, I would say it's an easier one because you have Amazon FBA, you have Walmart marketplace, which are for third party mm-hmm. sellers, but Walmart marketplace, you do have to be accepted into. Yeah. Amazon FBA. Um, yeah. You can pretty much anybody can sign up. Uh, you know, you just have to really think about the fees um, going into it just because, you know, we've, we're a first party seller on Amazon, but there's sometimes where we have thought about taking our product to third party and doing a hybrid model. Um, but it really, there's just some items that don't make sense because of the fees that you have to pay to sell on there. Um, they do have fulfilled by merchant, but then if you, if you do that, you have a trial period before you get the prime badge, which, um, you know, I, I think they, uh, I've heard before that if free shipping is not offered sales drop off by, you know, 70% or something substantial, which yeah. I mean, I know I feel that way when I'm shopping, yeah. if it's not free shipping. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you do fulfilled by merchant, you don't get that badge right away. Um, so yeah, FBA is just, you know, doing the research, making sure the fees make sense for your products. And then also just figuring out, you know, look at the competitors, look at what other people are doing. What words are they using? Do your keyword research, make sure you're just setting yourself up for success right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing we do when we do product research, I use jungle scout, which is a really great tool to just search a category Look at the products that come up on the search page, you know, how, how saturated is the market and, you know, what that also kind of shows you where you're going to have a chance of success is looking for those holes in the market rather than, oh, you know, there's a lot of people doing great. Well, then that also means that there's not a lot of chance for you to, to beat them out.
0: Yeah. 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 Makes sense. And uh, can you tell us more about this Prime badge? How can someone receive it?
1: So if you actually sell FBA, which means shipping your product to the Amazon Fulfillment Centers for them to then fulfill orders for customers, you you get a Prime badge right away because they're taking care of that shipping, pick and, pick and pack shipping, everything. So they know that they're going to get it out in that two-day ship period to get that prime badge if you do fulfilled by merchant you have i believe it i last i checked it was 30 days they might have extended it i'm not sure but i think it's you have to prove over a 30-day period that you or your warehouse can ship out in that two-day ship period to get the Mm -hmm. badge
0: yeah yeah makes sense um let's talk about walmart because uh now we are above 150 episodes and I think we never discussed Walmart. So how <laughs> does it work? You said you must be accepted by them. So it's more meticulous than uh, than Amazon.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah, we my company we actually have a hybrid model on Walmart where um actually one of our top selling categories moved over to marketplace, but because we already had that history with them, it was not Difficult for us to set up a marketplace account for somebody new coming in that I recommended doing Amazon first for another reason, not only because of the, you know, that it's more accessible, but also you can build up sales on Amazon to then show Walmart that, you know, these products, like this is the revenue that it comes in. You know, these are our average monthly sales, things like that, because I think that they want to see, you know, that that it's worthwhile for them to put on their platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so like I said, I, I did not have to go through that because we already had the history with them, but I think that they do want to see history uh, before they allow somebody to open up a third party marketplace account and for Walmart um, <clears throat> you know, they've, they've come leaps and bounds since I started with CKK and focusing on online. Um, Originally, when I, when I first started online, wasn't that big of a a importance to them. Uh, They still, Walmart still focused very much on brick and mortar, but over the last few years they've made a lot of changes. Um, So just like with Amazon, you can run pay-per-click, you can run DSP if Mm -hmm. you want to, uh, they've made it easier for you to be able to optimize your listings, have you know those keywords in there to come up and search. Um, you can do videos on Walmart. You can do A plus content on Walmart. Uh, so they they really have changed a lot to to actually combat Amazon uh, because those are the two top online retailers. Yeah. So um, so yeah, you can you can definitely optimize your listings just the same as you can Amazon to really help you in search. Um, The, the difference with them um, and I'm fairly new to Walmart connect running pay-per-click ads. Um, Mm -hmm. I started out running pay-per-click on Amazon and I've kind of taken that learning to other marketing uh, strategies that we do. And, the only diff i'm just learning a little bit of difference is uh how i break apart my my ads like with amazon i'll try and keep it more contained and by category um or just item grouping but with walmart connect um you know they it was advised to me that if we have say candles where we have you know four different types of candles so i would usually mm-hmm. break those apart into different ads cuz yeah. You know, I figure if somebody's searching pillar candles, they don't want to see an ad for tea light candles. Yeah. Walmart Connect, those ads all compete against each other. So it's better to just group them all together. That was, that was one big takeaway I had um, that I just thought was different from other marketing that we've done.
0: So you can put multiple products into one category or one group with Walmart. While with Amazon, it's not advised to do so.
1: Yeah. I mean, not even that it's not advised. I I don't think that, you know, there's a, there's not necessarily a one size fits all for marketing mm-hmm. for everybody. But for me, I noticed that when on, on Amazon, when I, you know, narrowed the focus of products per ad, we got a better return on it mm-hmm. rather than doing just one big grouping. So yeah. on yeah. Amazon, I try to be more focused.
0: Mm hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so what other channels do you use for uh, acquisition of new customers? Walmart, Amazon, um, how uh, about the Shopify store or anything else that you have online?
1: Yeah. So we sell on target.com as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayfair.com is another okay. big one. Um, and then even just smaller smaller channels too uh, we sell on Kirkland's.com, uh home Depotcom Lowe's I'm trying to think of what else I know that there's a couple of smaller you know more boutique sites that were on all of the
0: major retailers basically
1: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: and uh, <clears throat> it's not a secret that most of our listeners they they sell on Shopify as I said earlier and they are not in major retailers like this brand so I'm wondering uh why, what do you think why this uh, company has this focus? So uh, you said you just started D2C recently, like two years ago or something.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: why did it evolve in this way? And uh, the owners or the company didn't say that, okay, let's build a Shopify D2C from not day one, but a few years ago. Um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> so easier.
1: I think that... One of the main reasons is because this company was uh, very brick and mortar before mm-hmm. moving to online. Mm-hmm. And really, it was the original founder of the company, and then his his son has taken over as the CEO. And once his son took over, he he definitely wanted to, you know not not revamp, so to say, but you know move the company ahead with the times. And so that's when they started selling online. And, um, but even then they didn't necessarily have a dedicated person for online. So even though you would think sales are sales, brick and mortar sales are very different than online sales. Um, so that was, you know, they, they got online, but they didn't, they didn't have somebody that really understood it. So that, and that's kind of where he and I started having a conversation about it because he didn't understand, you know, in a store, it's like you get the good shelf space, people see your product. And for online, they kind of thought, Oh, well it's online. You know, people will see our product. And I was like, no, that's not how you need to like get it in front of your, your customer's eyes. Um, so I think it really, it was just more of, they really understood brick and mortar. They didn't so much understand online. Um, and so that's why, you know, the transition has happened the way that it has. And as far as just adding on B2C sales, um, you know, it was something that I thought we should do when I first started, but my bandwidth couldn't handle getting a website up and running, especially when I'm already dealing with all the other online retailers. Uh, so that's kind of why that, that took so long to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. it also seems to me that uh, transitioning from brick and mortar to online um, using Amazon, Walmart, Target, all of these major retailers and their online system, it's easier than setting up your Shopify store because I think it's just closer. Like Because Walmart, it's also a physical business, right? And Target, you just move online with them. So it's an easier transition than starting a Shopify store, mm-hmm. especially in B2C um yes. i i also think that way so let's talk about um, email marketing sms loyalty how do you use it do you use it at all because for example i know on amazon there are limitations so h- how do you use these channels if you use them
1: you know it really isn't something we use much we do have um you know a Email subscribers that we'll send out emails to just to let them know, you know, new products coming in, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but it hasn't, we've done some social media marketing, but it's just again, because we're so successful on the other channels that it's just really hard for me to justify taking away the time that I could focus on something mm-hmm. that's, you yeah. know, making us millions each year to something that's not um you know or something that's making us substantially less um so yeah i i can't really talk too much on those points cuz we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't really gotten into them very much yeah
0: you also mentioned cobalt before so i'm wondering what this tool is
1: yeah so it's a tool by jungle scout um it's really really great for market research uh it's helped me We've used it not only for product development, but also mm-hmm. it's helped me, you know, uh, optimize and update our marketing campaigns as well, especially when we're targeting specific competitor products. So Cobalt will, um, well, and it's, it's based on Amazon. Um, so you can put in a keyword, it'll show you, you know, what are the sellers, how many listings, what are their products. Um, it'll tell you, you know, the share of voice, like what, what percentage of the market are these sellers holding? How many listings do they have that they're running marketing on? And then how many are just organic? And, um, it also helps you harvest keywords, uh, to optimize any kind of listings or adding keywords into your, uh, marketing campaigns. Um, like I said, I use it for marketing I'll put in, you know, whatever category we're running a campaign for to see where we're at and share a voice, but then also who's gaining on us and, and also Mm -hmm. who's losing share a voice. Like there's something going on there. So then I have different campaigns where, you know, it's a, it's an offensive campaign where I'm trying to get on their product listing pages to hopefully take the sale for us. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think uh, we will put the link of this tool into the description so everyone can find it because it seems to be really useful. Um, let's talk about a bit like wholesale and, and B2C. Like, um, the comp- so you said earlier that wholesale was, historically it was, uh, you know, more, more important for the company. And now you are shifting towards B2C. Why is that? Like, what opportunity can you see there uh, that you jump in, jump into B2C more?
1: Um, really, it was, you know, with wholesale and selling to companies like Amazon and Walmart, we, we have control, but not total control over mm-hmm. it. Um, so that was kind of the reasoning is just, Hey, let's, let's get our own website going. And at least then we have total control of those sales. Um, And then also it was just, you know, these, these bigger online retailers are great and um, you know, they've done really well for my company, but also we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket either. So, you know, have that backup of B2C sales In the case that something does happen on the other side that customers can still find our product even you know off the online retailer sites
0: yeah makes sense it's a one more lack for the company and it's as you said you control it so um even if the revenue is not as relevant than in other channels but you have a very good control over it and i think that's quite important yeah Yeah, I have one more question to you. So, what would be your number one tip for e commerce business owners, marketers for the end of this year, 2022, and also next year?
1: Um, So, we've all seen a huge shift in the market since COVID happened. Um, I feel like we had somewhat of a, a normal to go off of, and now we don't have that as even being a company that's been online for as you know as long as mine has um and it's easy to get very stressed out about things happening but i would just say focus on what you can control um you know just do your research see what other people are doing uh honestly, a big help is LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn groups for where you're selling or, you know, just ask people questions because everybody that I have come across, you know, these people don't owe me anything, but they, they help me and I want to help other people as well in their journey for online sales. So, you know, just say, don't stress out, focus on what you can control and, you know, really try and hone in on that rather than stress about what you can't, because, I mean, like I said, you can't control it. So (laughs) there's really nothing you can do about
0: it. You go mad if you start worrying about all of those things that you cannot control. So yeah, Yeah. I fully agree with this. And uh, also, as you said, look for someone who can help you, uh, someone who is more experienced in that field where you want to learn. You mentioned LinkedIn groups. Actually, you are the first who mentioned it. So, uh, you use LinkedIn groups regularly to learn?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, not not super regularly. I'm not there on there a whole lot, but I am on um, a Amazon Vendor Central group, mm-hmm. and and I've gotten some really good tips on there, mm-hmm. and I've met a couple of people as well that, you know, they're like, reach out to me separately. We can have a phone conversation. And just kind of helped walk me through some things or at mm-hmm. least help me troubleshoot. Um, on Facebook, I'm actually in, uh, a, well, an FBA seller group. And I'm also on a Walmart seller group as well. Okay. Yeah. So it's those I don't use as regularly, but when we're having issues with the portals or something, I'll just go on and check them because mm-hmm. normally people start posting that, you know, they're having issues as well. It's like, okay, so it's not just me like this yeah. system
0: yeah. issue yeah someone else had this problem before you and uh ideally they can even help yeah all right so uh thanks a lot for uh, coming here today and sharing your story it was really insightful and uh, i really enjoyed it and i hope uh all of our listeners they enjoyed it and they learned something today and uh, thanks everyone who watched the live stream now Or uh, we'll listen to the podcast uh, once it's released. Every week we come out with uh, new episodes with uh, e commerce business founders and marketers. So stay tuned, everyone. And uh, thanks again. Have a great day, everyone.
1: Thank you.